Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we begin a series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible to help you discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a life-changing tool that will show you how to re-energize your spiritual life in ways you may have never dreamed possible. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com right now while you listen to today's broadcast. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called evicting envy from your heart. The Bible in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 says this. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us. Did you get that? Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. His unchanging plan, circle that, his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now we've talked about this before, that before God even created the universe, he had you in mind. In fact, God made the universe because he wanted a family and he wanted you to be a part of it. If God hadn't wanted a family, he wouldn't have created the universe. And the Bible says God thought of you before he thought of the universe. Long before he created the universe, he had thought of you and to love you. Ephesians chapter two, the next chapter, verse 10 says this. For we are God's workmanship. Now that word workmanship in the Greek and the Bible is the word poema. We get the word poem from it. Literally it means masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. God created you specifically to be you. He designed, he shaped, he created you for a purpose, for a plan, and for the life you were meant to live. But you can miss that plan. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God has a work he wants you to do, and it's a good work. It's good for you, it's good for the world. It's a God has a good work for your life to do. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you took your first breath, God had prepared in advance, God had planned your life. The life you were meant to live. Unfortunately, most people never live the life they were meant to live. It is not automatic. You can be born and live your entire life and completely miss the life you were meant to live. It's not automatic. You must choose to do God's will, choose to do God's purpose. God wanted to produce a family who chooses to love him. It's not love if you're forced to love him. So God gives you the choice to obey him or to reject him, to love him or to ignore him because he wants you to do it voluntarily. Now, in the weeks ahead, we're gonna look at this lifestyle that God has planned for your life. But today, we have to look at the number one barrier that keeps you from the life you're meant to live. The number one blockage, 
The thing that holds you back from God's will, that holds you back from God's purpose, that holds you back from God's mission, that can cause you to waste your entire life. And it is a very subtle sin, an insidious attitude that will keep you more than any other thing in your life. This one thing will cause you to miss God's best for your life. It's not lust, it's not pride, it's not anger, it's not worry or fear or discouragement, it's not impatience. In fact, you would probably never even think of it because it is so insidious we don't realize its damaging effect on our lives and how it directs us sideways. It is envy, yeah, envy. Because envy, when you envy somebody else, what they have, what they want, what they are, how they look, how they feel, what they do with their life, when you envy, you are so fixated on what you don't have and what you are not and what other people have and what they are that you totally miss God's plan for you. It is the greatest barrier you've probably never thought of. Now the Bible uses other words for it. It uses the word envy. It uses the word jealousy. It uses the old English word covet. The 10th commandment of the 10 commandments is this. You shall not covet. That's the 10th commandment. You shall not covet. I could just as easily say you shall not envy. You're not to envy how other people look. You're not to envy how other people live. You're not to envy their jobs. You're not to envy their clothes. You're not to envy their wealth, their education, their health, or anything else in your life. The Bible says thou shalt not envy, covet, be jealous of, want what you don't have that other people have and want them to not have it. Now this envy virus is universal it is destructive, it is known to every culture and every age group. You can find it among toddlers and you can find it among tyrants. You can find it among titans of industry. You can find it on the playground and you can find it in the boardroom and you can find it everywhere else in life, in school, in athletics, in politics, in neighborhoods, envy is everywhere. I see what you want and I want it for myself. And I see what you are and I wanna be you. Now, today we're going to look at the story of Jesus. It's a very famous parable called the parable of the vineyard and the vineyard workers. It's in Matthew chapter 20. And in that passage, Jesus tells us the four antidotes to evicting envy from my heart, eradicating envy from my life, uprooting it, eliminating it out of my life. But before we look at that, I wanna just quickly help you see how much damage envy does in your life. Because we think, because it's a hidden sin, that it's not a bad one. In other words, we, uh, you know, we, if you see adultery, you know what happens, you can see it. Uh, addictions, you can see a lot of other things, but envy is hidden. We don't realize how it devalues other people, how it damages relationships, how it destroys your happiness, how it makes you miserable, how it causes you to miss God's plan for your life. So let me just quickly give you four things that envy does in your life. Write these down. Number one, first, it denies my uniqueness. It denies 
my uniqueness. Now the Bible says God has uniquely shaped you. God doesn't make clones. Man does, but God doesn't. There are no two snowflakes alike and there are no two human beings alike. Nobody in history has ever been like you or will be like you in the future. Even identical twins are not identical. Everybody has a unique thumbprint, eye print, voice print, footprint, heartbeat. There's nobody in all of the universe like you. When God made you, he broke the mold. You were uniquely shaped by God. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. Psalm 139 says this, God, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Your workmanship is marvelous. You watched me as I was formed in the dark of the womb. And you saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now friends, that is the clearest pro-life passage in the Bible. Abortion short circuits a life that God planned long before the parents did. God says, I planned every day of your life before you took your first breath. Life does not begin at birth. Life begins the moment God thinks you up. And he says, I planned all your life before you ever had your first breath, before you had any thoughts of your own. And you are uniquely shaped. Now, when you are uniquely shaped, but you start envying, you start denying your own uniqueness. People say love is blind. Love isn't blind, envy is. Envy is blind because it blinds you to your own giftedness. It blinds you to your own abilities. It blinds you to your own uniqueness. It blinds you to your own self, who you are, and how nobody else in the universe will ever be like you. And God made you to be you. All the other roles are taken. If you don't be you, Nobody's gonna be you. God didn't make you to wanna be like somebody else. God made you to be you. When you get to heaven one day, God isn't gonna say, why weren't you more like your brother? Why weren't you more like your sister? Why weren't you more like your, your father? Why weren't you more like your mother? God's gonna say, wait a minute, I made you to be you. Why did you always wanna be somebody else? If I wanted you to be somebody else, I would not have created you but I made you with your gifts and your imperfections, and I made you to be you because I wanted you, and I wanted to love you, and if you try to be somebody else, you are irrelevant. You are unique, you're uniquely shaped. You see, the root of all envy, the root of all jealousy is really inadequacy. The more insecure you are, the more you say, I wanna be like her. I wanna be like him. Why can't I have hair like her? Why can't I look like him? Why can't I be as smart as him? Why am I not as good with words as him? Why can't I have that job? Why don't I have that husband? Why couldn't I be with, have those kind of kids? Why can't I have kids? And on and on. And every time you look at somebody else and you start comparing and you start envying and you start saying, I wish I was something else. Really, you may not realize this, you are insulting God. You are insulting God. Envy is an insult to God. You're basically saying, God, you messed up. God, you didn't know what you were doing. Because really, if you were a smart God, you would have made me like her. You would have given me his looks, her abilities, 
his hair, her parents, and God, you just really messed up. You're shaking your fist to God every time you're envy. You're saying, God, you didn't do a good enough job on me. And God says, wait a minute, I'm the guy who says, you're my workmanship. You're my masterpiece. You're exactly what I made you to be. And you're blind to it. Envy denies God's uniqueness. Romans 7, uh, 9 verse 20 says this. Who are you, a mere human being, to criticize God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who made it, why have you made me like this? You say, Rick, but I've got this disability. Let me tell you a little secret. Everybody is disabled. Everybody listening to the sound of my voice has disabilities. They may be emotional disabilities, they may be mental disabilities, they may be physical disabilities, they may be relational disabilities, they may be financial disabilities, but this is earth and everything's broken. So nobody's perfect on this planet. But when you keep comparing, envy always exaggerates. It always says, yeah, but I, they have it better. How much better? You don't know the pain they're carrying. They might have a better paying job, but you don't know the pain they're carrying with that. Everybody has their own cross to bear. Envy denies my uniqueness. Number two, envy divides my attention. It divides my attention. You cannot follow God's purpose and be focusing on other people at the same time. You can't chase two rabbits at the same time. And when you envy, you're not looking at God's life that you were meant to live, you're looking at what, how everybody else is living and say, I wanna live like she does. I wanna live like he does. I wanna be that person, not me. I'm not satisfied with me. And you get a divided allegiance and then you don't get anything done in your life. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, notice he says there, you cannot serve both God and money. He doesn't say you should not. He says you can't. You can't have two gods in your life. You can't have two primary goals in your life. You can't serve two different things in your life. You're either gonna serve God or you're gonna serve money. Now, you can take money out of that equation and put any other word in there and it's still true. You cannot serve God and sex. You cannot serve God and your boyfriend. You cannot serve God and serve being popular. You cannot serve God and status. You cannot serve God. You gotta decide what's the number one goal in your life, to please God and be who he made me to be or to please everybody else and please, and, or please myself. Anything you put before God is called an idol. It makes you an idolater. It makes you commit idolatry because anything that deserves to be in first place is only God and only God deserves that. When I put something else there, then all of a sudden I've created a divided allegiance in my life. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you've missed any part of this message or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. That's PastorRick with two R's in the middle, dot com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. 
Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, if you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. And the best way to do this is with God's Word. Here's Rick to tell you about a very special Bible study resource that will help you engage with God's Word and re-energize your life so you can live the life God meant for you to live. It doesn't matter how much you work out or how healthy you eat. If you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You're going to run out of gas. Maybe you've been feeling that way lately. Often it's not what you eat, it's what's eating you. And the truth is, you've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. Now, the best way to do that is to get into God's Word. It's the soul food. It's the spiritual food for your soul. And that's why I put together a new interactive guide called Re-Energize Your Life. This resource will help you learn everything you need to know to re-energize your life the way God intended. And so what it does is just step by step, you begin a journey of personal renewal. And it's a hands-on guide, very practical, to take you at your own pace. You don't have to rush this, okay? This is not a book or a journal that you go through fast. In fact, I encourage you to stop and spend time in each section where you need the most encouragement. You'll not only benefit from the biblical wisdom that's included, but you're going to learn how to apply it to your life in practical ways. Now, let me just mention a couple of things that you're going to discover in re-energizing your life. You're going to learn the steps to how to let Jesus lighten your load. Does that sound good? You need your load lightened? Well, we talk about it in re-energizing your life. You're going to learn the three biblical steps for managing stress the way Jesus did. You're going to learn five ways to build margin into your life. Very important principle. And even the principle of the Sabbath is a margin principle. You're going to learn how to determine what matters most. A lot of the confusion and fatigue comes in your life is because we give major attention to minor things. Not everything in your life matters. Not everything has to get done. We can help you learn to clarify what the difference between what's urgent and what's important. There's a whole lot more that I don't have time to get into, but the pages of Re-Energize Your Life journal are packed with full-color devotionals and Bible verses and teaching that's going to dramatically impact your spiritual life, not just today, but forever. So don't miss out. I hope you'll get this resource that we want to provide to you through Daily Hope. We'll send you Re-Energize Your Life today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people everywhere. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get this great resource. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.